This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. Hey, and welcome to the first episode of the podcast for 2023. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's brilliant to be here. I hope you've had an absolutely fabulous Christmas and New Year and that you are raring to go for 2023 and it's going to bring loads of brilliant things to you and your pet business. So I'm recording this right at the end of 2022. It's going to be going out on the 5th of January and January is always a time where we're thinking about what we want to be different this year, what we're going to do differently, what it is you know, what are we not going to do this year? What are we going to give up? What are we going to do more of? What is it that we want to achieve? And in this podcast episode, I'm going to be talking about how to set goals for your pet business for 2023 that you actually go and get and you can accomplish and that are realistic and that you go and achieve because that's what, you know, that, you know, that's what goals are all about. We want to achieve them and we want them to be realistic and we want to be sitting here at the end of 2023 thinking, yep, I wanted to accomplish that thing and I went and did it. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about a few different examples with you. I'm going to talk about if one of your goals is to start an online course, that's going to be one example. Another is, let's say you're a cat sitter and you want to be fully booked for the summer holidays. Then I've got a product business example, which is, let's say you've got a product business and you really want to be on Not on the High Street. And then the final example is more of a personal goal. Let's say you want to run a sub two hour half marathon. I'm going to talk you through how you would go about doing that. So let's look at like, you know, goals, what they are in the first place. You know, goals can be in all different areas of your life. I know this is a podcast about your pet business and that's why you're listening in, but your goal might be something that you want to accomplish in your work. It might be something you really want to do in your business. It might be something you've dreamt of doing. It might be something that you just want to do in your personal life. It might be something that you want to do with your family. So it can be, goals can be around all kinds of different things. For me, for example, one of my goals this year is I really want to have my own holiday cottage. It's been a dream of mine for many, many years. Last year, I was able to sell my old house in Lynn, where I used to live. I now live in Newcastle with my partner, Tommy. And I was really fortunate many years ago when I bought my first house. I bought at a time when properties were really cheap. And then I've worked really, really hard to pay off my mortgage um, early. And I've you know, I've got the funds ready now to buy a holiday cottage. Um, and that's one of the things that I really want to achieve in 2023. Um, another thing that I really want to achieve this year is I want to have Friday afternoons off. So I've been on about this for years and Tommy's always like, oh my gosh, why don't you just take, you know, why do you put stuff in your diary? But when you run, when you work for yourself, you can't help but just try and do as much as possible, can you? I know I'm really bad for that. But one of the things I've really, really set my mind to this year is to have that Friday afternoon off. I have been taking part in a NatWest Accelerator coaching program. It's going to be, it started in September, it's going to end in March, but it's been really, really helpful because one of the things I do with my coach there is she asked me to say, she said, right, set your goals. What is it you want to get from these six months together? And I put Friday afternoons off um, as one of the things. And she's, you know, she's really like keeping, keeping her eye on me, keeping tabs on me with this Friday afternoon thing. Um, so yeah. You, you know, your goals can be things you want to accomplish in your work, in your gem general life, with your family, with your freedom, all kinds of different things. So first of all, let's think about, you know, what it is that you want to accomplish. Then another really important thing to do is to think about like why you want to do this thing. So, you know, I want to have Friday afternoons off because I work really hard and I want to have a nice time with my dog and enjoy life. I work really hard during the week, usually start work at, at least like 
you know, half six, seven in the morning. I do loads of, you know, I've got my podcast, got this podcast that I'm recording now. Um, I run a free community. I run lots of free events. I've got my mini membership that I do. I work one-to-one with clients, have a group coaching mastermind program. I really love what I do, but I feel like I've worked so hard over these, these last four years where I've been trying to build up, um, trying to build up an online business and take a step back from journalism. I really need to make some time for me because I'm absolutely shattered. Um, so Friday afternoons off is really important because I need to make that time for me. So why I want to do that, I want to have more freedom. I want to give myself more time. Um, you're, you know, if you're thinking about your goal and you're thinking about what it is that you want to achieve, maybe it's something around, around fitness. Maybe it's something around feeling better. Maybe it's something around being able to run around after your kids a bit more. Maybe it's something around feeling more healthy. Maybe you want to, Maybe you want to work on, you know, your confidence, whether that means putting yourself out there for work or your confidence generally, all kinds of things um, that, you know, your goal might bring to you. And um, so think about that. Think about, you know, what it is that you want to accomplish and why you want to do that as well. Um, so they're the first things to consider when you're doing, when you're thinking about your goal. Don't just think about, yeah, I want to have a six-figure business because that sounds really good. Think about why you want to have a six-figure business. Um like for me, I don't have a six-figure business. I did years ago when I used to be mostly freelance in freelance journalism, but things changed and I don't have a six-figure business anymore. Now, I might think that might be something I really want to accomplish, but actually, having taken a lot of time to reflect on many, many things over the years, I don't know if it is. I'm not saying I would sniff at the thought of a six-figure business, um, but I know the sacrifice that would come with that. It would mean my Friday afternoons wouldn't be off. It would mean maybe I'd have to um, increase my prices. It might mean that I'd work in a different way. It would probably mean me doing done-for-you PR, which I really don't want to do. I'm moving away from helping people with press coverage anyway. So actually, if my goal was a six-figure business, but then I think about like, why do I want that? And what am I going to have to sacrifice if that's going to happen? That might make me reassess my goal and think about something else. So Think about your goal, what it is that you want to accomplish, and also think about the reasons why. You know, what is that going to bring to you? What's going to make that worthwhile? If having, um, you know, your goal means, you know, hiring a VA so you've got more free time, so you can finish early and spend time with your family, that's really important. That why is really important. So when you're working really hard to get to the point where you have that VA to help you, remembering the why, being able to spend time with your kids or doing whatever it is that you want to do is going to help drive you forward. So, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to go through my four different scenarios with you, okay? And then at the end, I'm going to talk about like how to make these goals a reality and some things that you can do um, to help you keep on track. So the first example I'm going to share with you is if your goal is to start an online course and you want to get 10 people on that online course. So I did this three years ago. I had an online course that I used to run called Publicity for Pet Businesses, also get your pet business in the press. And my goal was always to have 10 people sign up for each intake. So the first time I launched it, the reality, um, you know, I want to have 10 people on my online course. Let's say you want to have 10 people on your online course or membership. What's the reality? Like, how likely is that to happen? How many people have you got in your audience that could sign up for your online course? Now, if we think about online products, online courses and memberships, the conversion rate is normally 1% to 2%, okay? So if you want to have an online course with 10 people in it, ideally, you're going to have a 1,000 people on an email list or at least at least 500 you might have a facebook community with a thousand people in or at least 500 and then if you're converting from that that community but really i would be thinking about your email list primarily the likelihood of you having 10 people sign up if you've got a community with a thousand people in who are interested in that course that topic 
the likelihood of it happening is much higher. Now, if you are, and I did this, so this is, you know, do as I say and not as I did. Let's say you're starting out and you are launching an online course and you want 10 people to sign up for it, but you've only got an email list with 50 people on and you've only got a Facebook group with 200 people in, the likelihood of you getting 10 is probably going to be quite small, whereas if you had the higher numbers, it's going to be higher. Now, I did this myself when I first started out. The first blogging course that I did, I actually set um, set a target of having four people on because I had an email list of about probably about 100 people at the time, and I had a Facebook group with probably 500 people in at the time. So that was much more reasonable. I had people who were asking me about that topic as well. So you've got your goal, you want 10 people on an online course. The reality is that you're going to need to have an audience, an email list of around a 1,000 people, okay? So how do we go about, let's say you've only got 50 people on your email list, how do we go about getting those numbers up so your target, your goal of getting 10 people on your online course is more achievable? Some of the things that you might want to consider, some of the options that you have, might be to go and do guest experts. So you go and talk about your topic in other people's communities, and then you can bring people into your community or onto your email list who are interested in the topic of your course. You might want to get some press coverage. So let's say your online course is all about reactive dogs, but you've only got 50 people um, in your on your email list or 100 people in your Facebook group for reactive dog owners at the moment. If you go and get some press coverage where you're sharing about how to support your reactive dog, that might bring people into your world. It might help people follow you on social media or sign up for your free download or come and join your Facebook group. That might help you start get your numbers up. You might go on podcasts where you talk about reactive dogs and how to support them. Again, every time you do a podcast episode, you're going to be given a call to action where people can go and maybe download your free guide to caring for your reactive dog. And each time it's going to be bringing those numbers up for you, bringing people onto your email list, bringing people into your community, helping people discover you and then you're going to begin that nurturing process to help the reality of them joining your online course happen. You might do a free event, you might do a free workshop where you're attracting people who've got reactive dogs um, to learn from you and to learn ways to cope with their reactive dog. That might be a five-day challenge, it could be a workshop, it could be um, a webinar, it could be um, a download, it could be all kinds of different things but these are things to consider when it comes to building up that community of people who could potentially buy your online course. So then you've got your way forward, like what are you going to do next? So you've got your goal, how do you make it a reality? You might be thinking, okay, I'm going to launch an online course in September. At the moment, I've got 50 people on my email list. I've got 100 people on my Facebook group. So I want to build those numbers up. I want to build them up by, you know, you might want to add 20 people to your email list every month. You might want to add 50 people to your Facebook group every month. Then by September, you're going to have a really, really healthy group of people who might buy that thing. So what are you going to do? What are the next steps going to be? It might be that you start a newsletter. It might be that you do a weekly live. It might be that you go and go on podcasts. It might be that you commit to sharing three reels every week. What are the things that you go? are you going to do to bring those people into your world to make that happen? So think about those. And then, you know, you've got your, you've got your map, you've got your roadmap, you've started to build it. And then it's about making those things non-negotiables as well. So that is your online course example. Next up, I'm going to talk about, let's say you've just started a cat sitting business and your goal, I'm talking to you now in January 2023, it's the 5th of January, let's say by the summer holidays, in six months time, you want to be fully booked, you want to have 30 cats booked in for you to go and look after them in the summer holidays. Okay, so let's look at where we are now. Let's say you've just started your cat sitting business and at the moment you only know three people who own a cat in your area. 
The reality is if you want to get 30 people's cats booked in for summer holidays, you're going to need to know a lot more people who've got cats, okay? So what options do you have and what opportunities are there out there for you to get in front of more cat owners? Now, I am not a cat sitter. I'm going to use Wendy Thompson. I hope you don't mind, Wendy, if you're listening from My Three Cats as an example here and talk about some of the things that she does that have helped her to get known as the cat sitting lady of Warrington. Now, Wendy is fully bought. She's got a fabulous cat sitting business, a team of cat sitters. She's done so, so well. And I know these are some of the things that she, she does. I sound like Wendy's stalker here. I hope, I hope she doesn't mind. So I know that she goes networking because I see her in the networking groups that I used to go to because I used to uh, go to networking in Warrington as well. So she goes to networking meetings and talks to people there. Now, networking, you might think networking, it's a bit corporate, it's a bit businessy, blah, blah, blah. Actually, one in four people at that networking meeting will have a cat and what and you know, most of them are going to know people with a cat. So if they're like, you know, if they're speaking to someone who says, oh, I need a cat sitter, they'll be like, oh, you need to know Wendy for my three cats. She's amazing. She's a cat lady of Warrington. So networking is going to be one option. Um, another opportunity might be to go and chat to other people who've got cat related businesses. There might be a cat groomer in your town. There might be a cat behaviorist in your town who you can go and connect with and work with as a referral partner. Just go and see these people who are going to know people who need the same thing that, that you offer. Okay. You might go and chat to people in the local pet shops. Um, you might put on an event about, you know, how to prepare your cat for the cat sitters. You might go and get some press coverage. That's what Wendy did. She got some really good press coverage, which meant that when people are Googling cat sitters and Warrington, they're finding Wendy and she's, you know, getting on their radar that way. So we've looked at a couple of options there if you are a cat sitter like Wendy and you want to be fully booked and have like 30 cats booked in for the summer holidays. So what's the next step? What's the way forward? What do you do next? Well, let's say you want to meet people at networking meetings. You're going to need to block out time to go and go and actually go to these networking meetings. You're going to need to think about things that you're going to talk about. Let's say you are going to go every Thursday morning to a networking meeting that needs to be blocked out in your diary. Let's say you're going to maybe try and get some press coverage. You're going to need to think about some ideas that you could pitch to the press. You're going to go and need to find some contacts. You're going to need to find some inspiration and find some different places to pitch to. Let's say if you were going to go and speak to different pet shops, you might give yourself a target of speaking to, you know, a new pet shop every month. Um, or another cat related business every couple of weeks and work your way through them to make that real that make that goal of 30 cats booked in for the summer holidays a reality so that is example number two if you wanted to be a fully booked cat sitter for the summer holidays example number three is if you wanted to be in let's say you want to have a, your product in a big store like john lewis or you want to be on not on the high street i'm going to talk about sarah from albie's boutique who um, achieved this this year or last year even she has her products on not on the high street and that was a dream for her for i imagine quite some time so hi sarah if you're listening and well done so your goal is you want to be in on not on the high street or you know john lewis or wherever the advice is going to be the same so that is your goal for the year so where are you at the moment in relation to that goal what you need to do is to think about like what do you need to where do you need to be to be on not on the high street you know what are they looking for first of all so and is your product going to be a good fit so you're going to need to go and do some research and find out what it is that you need to be in john lewis or on not on the high street in the first place so you're going to go and do a little bit of research and maybe there might be something around, you know, the products that you're making and the process that you have there 
Um, you know, what's your, you know, what's your buyer experience like? Do not on the high street have like a specific criteria that people have to follow um, to be on their website. So you, you're going to go into, you're going to want to go and do some research first of all to find out like how realistic is it for you to be in John Lewis or on not on the high street? What do you need to do? You know, what kind of things are other pet businesses or pet brands on there doing? Um, and it, it might be might be an idea to go and chat to some of them as well. So we've got the goal. Um, we we kind of make an assessment of where we are in relation to that goal at the moment. And then we look at some of the things that you might need to do to be on Not On The High Street. So one option that you might want to do is obviously to go and contact Not On The High Street and find out what their criteria is. Another thing that you might want to do is speak to another pet business owner to find out who's already on there, find out what the process was that they went through. I imagine there are Not On The High Street experts that help product businesses get on Not On The High Street. So you might want to go and follow them, go and see some of the advice that they're sharing, maybe book a call with them, that kind of thing. So you've got that goal and you're working your way through the steps that you need to follow to make that a reality. One of the things that you might need to do is you might need to improve your website. So before you pitch to Not On The High Street, you might want to have an all singing, all dancing, beautiful website. You might want to invest in photography. So these are things I know that Sarah from Albie's Boutique has done. She's invested in a website. She's invested in support there. She's invested in beautiful photography. Um, so when she's going to Not On The High Street, she's you know, blowing the socks off. She, they're wow. They're being wowed by her because she's really looking the part. So there might be some work that you'd need to do behind the scenes to prepare before you go and um, pitch to them. So you thought, okay, I want to be on that on the high street. These are some of the things that I'm going to need to do. These are some of the options that I can consider. What am I going to do next? So it might be, let's say, if you want to pitch to not on the high street, you want to be on that website by September next year. For the first quarter of the year, you might be working on your photography. Or you might be booking a shoot with a photographer. Now, by the time you've booked a shoot with a photographer, you've had the photos taken, you've had them edited, you've decided on what products you're going to be photographing and all those things. That can take like a few months, definitely. So if one of the things that you need to get on top of is photography, um, you know, part of your plan moving forward is to get that shoot booked in. If you're going to be working on your website, then that's probably going to take some time as well. You're probably going to need some support with that. So you want to get all of these things ready. So when you are ready to go and approach John Lewis or not on the high street, you are like, you know, you are as prepared as you can possibly be. And that might take a little bit of time. So that would be an example of how you'd go through your goal if it was to go and, you know, be featured on a major retailer website. Okay. So the final one that I've chosen is to run a sub two hour half marathon, which has been one of my goals for years. And I've never managed to do it. I've got close. I think the closest I got to it was two hours and three minutes on the Great North Run about eight years ago and that was really hard but anyway let's say if your goal is to run a sub two hour half marathon and that's really what you want to do you want to do the Great North Run in September and you want to be, be you know 1.59 on the you know on your time so like where are you at at the moment now if you have never put on a pair of trainers then your chance of unless you're an amazing runner naturally the chances of you running a sub two hour half marathon they're probably going to be lower than somebody who runs regularly but there are things that you can do to change that so let's say you've never run before but you really want to run the great north run it's a bucket list thing then absolutely fair play to you it's an amazing thing to do so the first thing you're going to want to do is you're going to need to go and get some trainers you're going to need to maybe do some research about running you're going to probably need to start with a training schedule which might be couched to 5k or couched to 10k to build up um 
you're going to want to get into, you know, just basically imagining yourself as a runner and imagining yourself being able to do that thing. If you rock up on the day of the Great North Run and you haven't done any preparation and you've only just got your new trainers on, then you're probably going to be very tired. You're going to have some whopping blisters on your feet and you're probably not going to get that time. It's probably going to be blinking hard. Take it from me. I've done it a few times. It would be really hard. So you go a little to run the sub two hour half marathon. The reality is maybe you're maybe you're running regularly. Maybe you might just want to ramp up your training. Maybe you've not started running yet. Um, you know, so the reality is if you want to get that time, you're going to need to start putting some work in to get there. So then you've got your options, haven't you? Like what kind of things can you do to make that a reality? So you might want to join a local running club. That's going to be really good when it comes to helping you feel motivated for the accountability, for the support, for people who are on that journey with you. Being part of a running club is really going to help. Another thing that you might want to do is you might want to get like a running schedule um, or a running plan. So like Runners World magazine do these. There's loads of running magazines that, that you can that you can download off the internet, running plans that you can download where you have like a 12-week plan or or longer. So you'd have a plan that you stick to and you make sure that you um, it helps keep you on track. You might want to get a personal trainer if you can budget for that. Brilliant. You might want to have some physio. Maybe you've got some injuries that you need to um, you need to deal with and make sure that you're going to be you know as fit as you can possibly be for that great north run you might want to get an accountability buddy you might have somebody who's going to be doing the great north run with you um like i did this year with last year even with my friend vicky we did the great north run together and we were chatting on facebook and chatting in on whatsapp about where we were with our training um so you're going to have all those different things to consider and you've got that goal of that sub two hour half marathon these are the things that are going to help you having you know joining a running club having a plan that you follow maybe having some physio if you've got any injuries or any niggles having an accountability buddy these are going to be things that will keep you on track so the next thing is to think about like how do we make this happen what's the way forward what are the next steps so it might be that you download your running um, timetable and you block out time every week to make sure that those runs get done. It might be, you know, towards you doing the half marathon, you're going to be needing to block out two hour chunks of time every week to get those longer runs done. So you're going to need to get into the habit of running every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday or whatever it is that's going to be your running days. You might want to set in your running schedule that you've got from a magazine or you've downloaded from the internet, there's going to be targets. You're going to be reaching five miles at a certain time, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, as we go through the year and as you progress towards that you know, that event, that thing that you're going to be taking part in. There might be deadlines as well. You might think, okay, well, if I've not run 10K by the end of April, I'm going to be in a bit of a difficult situation. It's going to be, and I'm not going to be on track. So you're going to need to set deadlines and ideally be ahead of them. Now, I did um, the Great North Run this year, last year even, um, and I got COVID in July and the Great North Run's in September. So that set me back a month, which I didn't account for in my training schedule. So I didn't get the time that I wanted. I still did it and I raised money for charity and it was brilliant. Um, but, you know, that COVID not, knocked me out for three weeks. So, like, take it from me. If you're doing something like that, factor in spanners that are going to be thrown in the works because they will be. Okay. And you might want to account for injury as well. I've had that before when I've been doing half marathon training where I've been injured and that's set me back as well. So these are all the things to consider. So we've got the goal, then we've got like where we are at the moment, what's the reality, then we've got the options and the opportunities that can help us with our goal. And then we've got the way forward. That is how we look at our goals and how we make them a reality. And what um, you can do with these goals is you can revisit them. You might want to revisit them every month. You might want to revisit them every three months. You might want to, you know, look back on them every week. Look at them as often as you want to, as often 
you know, as, as works out for you. As I've been chatting through these different scenarios, like with the online course, for example, you might want to be building, you might want to set targets for adding people to your email list every month. Or if you're doing, um, you know, if you're doing the not on the high street option, you might be, you know, you might have a three month deadline for your photography to be um, complete. Um, so you're going to have different targets when it comes to your goals to make those a reality. And another really good thing to do is to have somebody who's going to help you keep on track with your goals. So that might be a friend. It might be a coach who you work with. It might be it might be your brother or sister. Like my brother works in luxury travel. Sometimes we'll talk about the goals that we're sharing and that we're setting together. He works in travel. One of my goals is to have the holiday cottage. So we'll talk about that. And I know he's passionate about travel and he's passionate about what my goal is around. It might be your partner. They might help keep you on track or they might, you know, you might just drive them mad talking about your goal like I do. It might be somebody who is, you know, a fellow dog trainer or a fellow pet business owner who knows that you've got this really important mission that you're on for the year and who's going to be with you, helping you, cheerleading you along the way, picking you up when things are things are a bit tough and celebrating the wins with you. Um, like for example like one of my friends is Kerry Jordan she's a dog photographer and she's a VA for the pet business world as well and when I first started um, trying to you know do this whole thing have an online business Kerry and I were in a coaching community with Janet Murray who's a content marketing um, expert and coach as well and we were in the same community and we decided because we were both in the pet industry we'd become accountability buddies and every week we chat on a Monday, we're going to be reviving it for this year. And we just keep each other on track. So I wanted to grow my email list. I wanted to be blogging regularly. Kerry wanted to be, she wanted to be um, raising her profile as a pet photographer. So every week we'd have a chat and we'd talk about what we were going to do. And we'd talk about what we were going to do that week. And then the following week we'd say, okay, how did you get on with your email newsletter? Or how did you get on with your blog or your podcast or whatever it is that we were working on? And then we kept each other on track. Now, you might be thinking, oh, you know, like, what, you know, is writing a blog really a goal? Well, actually, in the long term, it is because every blog that I wrote over those years helped me build my email list and helped me build my audience and helped me bring people to my website from Google. So it was small steps towards the bigger goal. And because I had Kerry there for my as my accountability buddy, it meant that my blog grew into a podcast, which helped me launch my membership, which helped me launch my coaching programs, which helped me launch my mini membership, which helped me launch courses. So those little steps that we took every week and we kept each other on track with did accumulate. There was that, you know, that compound effect, that snowball rolling down a hill that grows and grows and grows and that really does make a difference. So Whatever your goal is for this year, I hope listening to this podcast has helped. Um, and I hope that thinking about your goal, thinking about whether it's, um, you know, whether it's doable, whether it's realistic, what the options are out there, what the opportunities are out there, who can help you with your goal and what steps you're going to take to move forward have been helpful for you. If you would like to have some support with this, then I've got a couple of options for you. I do coaching, I do one-to-one -one coaching um, and I have availability for one-to-one -one coaching. If you'd like to find out more, send me an email. It's rachel at publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk or come and find me on social media at Rachel Spencer UK, and I can we can have a chat about working together one-to-one -one if that is what you'd like to do. 
The other option, if you'd like to be part of a community where people are working together on their goals, working together on their visibility and on all the kind of stuff that I've talked about in this podcast episode, do come and join my Pets Get Visible mini membership. It's where you get to work with an awesome group of pet business owners. It's where we plan our content marketing every month. We do our forward planning and we also have a Q&A session every month as well, where if you've got something that you have, you know, one of your goals and you want some support with, you can come and chat about it. So for example, like one of the ladies in the mini membership, Jo Sellers from Pippin's Pets, she's writing a book called Adore Your Adolescent Dog. And she came along to the coaching call, Q&A, and she said, you know, one of my goals is for it to be a bestseller when it comes out in March. And I, you know, shared some of my thoughts on how she could make that happen, but other people in the group did the same as well. And that's really helped Jo keep on track for her book being a bestseller when it comes out in March. She got help from Nikki from Pup Talk, who's also got a book out, Stop Walking Your Dog. And Nikki had done that thing. Nikki had had a best-selling book on Amazon. So she was able to share advice with Jo about how she could accomplish that goal. You know, I gave her my thoughts on it, but the other people in the community helped Jo with her goal. They're helping her by helping her with guest blogs, with podcast interviews, with all kinds of different things when it comes to Jo achieving that really big goal that she set at the beginning, sorry, at the end of last year, that's a really big goal for her for this year. So if you'd like to come and join, then the link to sign up is in the show notes for this episode. Um, or you can send me a message um, at Rachel Spencer UK on social media, or just drop me an email, Rachel at Rachel for uh, Rachel at publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk. It's £20 a month or £220 for the year, and it'd be lovely to welcome you in there. So do also come and let me know what your goals are as well for 2023. Um, come and find me in my Facebook group, the Publicity for Pet Businesses community, and I would just love to wish you every success with your goals this year. I know 2022 was a tough year. The last few years have been really tough, but you know, don't lose sight of your goals and your dreams. And I hope that what I've shared with you on the podcast today will help keep you on track. And I will see you in the rest of 2023. And thanks for supporting this podcast. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.